Welcome to the Lead Agent Empire podcast, episode two. What is going on, guys? In this episode, we are going to go over some of the things that we wish we had known before beginning this real estate journey. Before we do, let's remind you who the hosts are. My name is Mark Kalachi, and my wonderful wife. I'm Alessandra Kalachi. And we are a husband and wife team. I am a real estate agent, been doing this for several years, and she is a marketing person guru. Savant, she has done all things marketing for, gosh, a decade and a half now, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about some of the things that we learned, some of the things we've realized and learned through both our perspectives as a realtor and marketer and as a husband and wife team. We're going to bring to you 11 things we wish someone had told us. Well, me personally, I wish someone had told me before I became a real estate agent. So, And we're going to dive right into that right now. You want to say anything before we do? Yeah, so um, I come at it from the perspective of as a spouse, I'm sure your spouse or significant other has seen the struggles that you've gone through. And it's not, (laughs) it's not a pretty picture all the time. It's actually, you know, there's ups and downs. So we're going to talk about Mark's mostly going to talk about, you know, kind of his experience, I'm going to talk about it from the perspective of marketing, and what ways that we have seen that we can improve his marketing in order to get better results. But uh, Mark has a lot of firsthand experience on this. So he's going to kick it off and do most of the talking in this episode. And before we do that, I do you hit on a really good point. And this doesn't just apply to real estate agents, this applies to entrepreneurs in general. Anyone who's become an entrepreneur or who is a serial entrepreneur knows the struggles. And if they have a spouse who maybe works a job, they probably don't really understand the process, uh, the struggles that entrepreneurs face. And as a real estate agent, let me remind you, you are an entrepreneur. This is not a nine to five job. Sometimes you're working nine in the morning to nine at night. Sometimes you're working 18 hours a day, but you are a business owner. That's exactly what you are doing as a real estate agent. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Point number one I want to talk about is you need to get yourself a good lender. As a real estate agent, the most critical part of closing a real estate transaction or helping someone who wants to buy a house is you need a competent, uh, efficient lender who's going to not be a stumbling block through the process. I can't tell you how many times I've worked with a lender who just didn't know what they were doing or who missed the closing date, who didn't receive uh, any addendums or contract uh, documents that were really important and crucial to the process, and they really cost us some valuable t- valuable time, and could have even potentially cost my clients their earnest money in a, in a transaction. So you need to partner up with a good lender. I would also recommend getting with a lender who may be willing to partner with you on your expenses, some of your marketing budget. Um, you meet a lot of lenders if you're ever doing any networking. Me personally, I have met a lot of lenders who will give you their spiel, tell you about. Uh, what products and services they have for you. And and let's be honest, guys, any good lender is going to have uh, good products. They're going to have their FHA loans, their VA loans, they're going to have the home ready. Um, they're going to have all the loan products. You, there's really not a difference. Uh, some lenders will give you a lower, your client a lower interest rate if they're willing to pay down more on the loan. But Generally speaking, that lender, you need to make sure that they're competent and that they're hitting deadlines and that they're they're educating your client, making sure that client is uh, is qualified, making sure that they pre-approve them before you go into the transaction, and just making sure they're a really good lender who's going to be a benefit to you, and that it's not just a one-sided relationship. Find someone who's going to work with you, not just you're going to be referring 
uh, business to them only. Um, Alessandra wants to say something about this too. Yeah. And so from the marketing side, I think, um, Mark brought up a lot of good points about really having someone that your client can work with and be a good, uh, you know, representation for you and for that client. But also with the marketing side, you need to look at how are they partnering with you? And he mentioned, you know, sharing in those costs. So if they're partnering with you on leads, Mark's found some people that he partners with on leads that are really good as lenders at following up and doing that outreach, which is so important because then you have a partner who is doing that with you and making that effort to outreach those clients. And as you guys know, like I feel like 90% of the effort as an agent is getting those people eventually, you know, to talk to you and to kind of be on the hook for doing those next steps. The big blocker a lot of times is, is the lender. And so a lot of times if they're not following up, if they're not being your advocate, then you don't get that person pre-approved. So you need to do that. You need to partner with someone that is not just sharing cost. I, you know, that's a great first step, but also someone who's good at follow up and who's really kind of a, a good business person and marketer on their own terms. That's so true. Yes. A, a lender who can dedicate time, not just money, but time to assisting you when you're both working on trying to contact leads and qualify them, they're worth their weight in gold. I have a great lender right now that I work with. I just love how consistent he is in following up with our leads. And he gives me an update on when he's reached them, when he hasn't. It's just, it's really great. It's a big difference than some of the other lenders I've worked with in the past. And that will lead me into the next point. Point number two is this is a pay-to-play game. If you've been in real estate for a while or if you're just starting out, you may very quickly find that you're not getting the results you want to get because perhaps you're either not investing enough time or you're not investing enough money. I personally have had to invest a good quality, a good amount of both. Uh, in the beginning, I did a lot of door-to-door, not uh, door knocking, cold calling, uh, networking, and it just was not getting me where I needed to be. And, you know, guys, this isn't... 10 years ago, back in before the, the, the crisis, the housing market fell apart in 2008, um, things were really good. It was really easy to get someone who wanted to buy a house or multiple houses. It was easy to get them qualified um, for a loan and to get them to purchase a home. I know agents were making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, we personally know an agent who made uh, three quarters of a million dollars one year. And it was just so ridiculously easy to qualify people and get them to buy a house. If you met someone who wanted a loan, they had what was called ninja loans. No job, no income. You can get someone qualified at the drop of a hat. You can even get their dog qualified if you wanted to for a home loan. It was just ridiculously easy. Then you fast forward to the time of Dodd-Frank in 2011, and now it's so ridiculously hard to get people qualified for a loan. This is the biggest stumbling block I've come across. The hardest part for me is getting someone who's ready and willing to buy a house to be able to buy a house. They just cannot qualify for this. So this goes back to this business is going to cost you time, but it's also going to cost you money. If you're not investing uh, the time, but also the money into buying leads or doing some sort of marketing to then invest the time into qualifying leads, you're just not going to be in this business very long. I've, I know several agents personally who've been in this business for decades and uh, they're just not doing so well right now because they haven't been putting in the money. They're putting the time, they're working their database, but they're not putting in the money into getting fresh leads that they can work. So did you want to touch on that or anything? No, I mean, I think it's one of those things where I, 
this is something I see even with clients of mine that they say, oh, you know, I do social media marketing and everything like that. And, and that's fine. I mean, that's great. That's a good first step. But free advertising doesn't really exist anymore. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people are just like, oh, it's fine. I'm going to get referrals or I'm going to get social media marketing. And you need to at least spend some money. So uh, that can be wherever you're at. Start, start low. Start, you know, slowly just kind of trying to see what works. But invest some money into some of those things or into people that can help you do that. And so um, that's, you know, don't think you're going to get get away with not spending any money here. And so we're going to I know we're we're kind of going through these and we still have a few more to go. We have yeah. 11 tips. Total, yeah, so, so we're going to speed it up through some of the rest right of them here. So, right, so you're going to go to number three. So point number three, you got to set yourself apart. Uh, find some niche or something really that you're special at, something you're great at and and just work that. So for example, I know a great realtor who works specifically seller financing transactions. See, she helps clients who are wanting to do an owner financing transaction. Or if you speak uh, multiple languages, you speak a certain language. Maybe Spanish is a big language in your market. Um, I know here in, in this market, if you speak Spanish, you are going to get a lot more business because there's a lot of clients who feel more comfortable working with a Spanish-speaking agent. So you got to find yourself uh, doing something special that sets you apart from ed- every other agent. Otherwise, you're just going to be you're going to be lost in the crowd, so to speak. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think for Mark, you know, for example, with his marketing, he really sets himself apart by being good on, you know, with making video content. So content creation is something that you can use to set yourself apart, whatever that is. If you're the expert on what local events there are in your area, and that's how you get known and get in front of the community, create content around that, create content around local events and things that are going on. And Mark, he takes people through the process of buying and selling through his video content. And so that's something, so a way that he sets himself apart. Um, really a lot of, a lot of you are probably not doing that because you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to get on camera. That's so scary. But with Mark, it's been something that kind of puts him in people's front of mind and they think of him and they remember him on video when they go to work with him. Right on. So number four, feast or famine. That is the name of this game. If you're a business owner, whether you're a realtor or not, again, this goes back to my earlier point. You've got to think like a business owner. You've got to think as though the rain is coming. You've got to just, you've got to harvest that rain. You've got to harvest the crops. Uh, when the going is good, you got to take advantage of that. Strike when the iron's hot kind of thing. And in real estate, there's going to be those periods, those months where you get a lot of business and you're like, wow, things are just, I'm just rolling in it right now. I've got so much money. I don't know what to do with it. I've got so many transactions and clients. My head is spinning. And then there's going to be those months where you're like, wow, nothing is going my way. I'm just burning through marketing funds. I'm investing so much time and energy and it's just not getting me anywhere. I feel like clients are ghosting me. What is going on? So you got to be very good at managing when things are going well so that you can stock up for the, for the, the famine seasons. Yeah. And, um, you know, like he was mentioning earlier, you have to spend that money, but also spend that money wisely in the right times. Cause you're going to say, Oh, you know what? It's fine. I can blow through all my money through this, this season of feast, but you know, the famine is, is coming and you have those peaks and valleys. So make sure that you kind of budget your ad spend, any kind of partnerships that you're doing, do that seasonally, but also make sure that you plan that for the feast and famine. Right on. So number five, a full commitment on your part is due. And it's so important to do this if you're going to get into real estate seriously. I know so many people, so many clients that I've met 
who know a realtor, some family member, maybe someone at their church, someone they met, a distant cousin, who knows? Maybe you could start working with a client and all of a sudden they hit you with the dreaded, oh, you know what? I didn't realize this, but so-and-so on so-and-so side of my family or a distant friend is a realtor, so I'm going to be working with them. I know you've shown me like two dozen houses already, but sorry. (laughs) It's going to happen, guys. There's a lot of people in this business, and it's frustrating, that work it part-time. But if you want to be fully committed, if you want to make a full-time income in this job, you can't be committed to this to this business part-time. You've got to make sure it's a full-time focus. I personally have thought about, well, what if I were to do like some sort of side gig, you know, while I'm while I'm working leads and waiting for that next sale to come along. But really it, it hits you. When one sale comes along and it just seems to rain, when it rains, it pours, that kind of thing. That that principle is definitely at work in real estate, at least in my experience. You need to be available because clients will take up inevitably more time than you originally anticipate them taking up. So if you're not fully committed to this, both in your time, your resources, and to uh, committing to your clients when you're working with them, you're just not going to have the same level of success. And you want to make sure especially to give your clients the assurances they need when working with them because this is all about trust. People need to trust you through this process. It's a scary process for them. This is their biggest investment. This is the biggest use of their their money, their savings that they're probably ever going to spend in their lifetime. So you really have to make sure you're committed to your craft, make sure that you're knowledgeable and competent and able to help them through everything they need. Did you want to touch on anything? No, I mean, I think it's one of those things, even even if you're doing it as a side business, uh, you know, let's say you're working full time job, you can still commit in a lot of ways, you know, not just like, oh, I'll get to it later, I'll do something later. But Focus on what you're learning. Focus on what's working and scale that up as you can instead of just being like, yeah, yeah, it's just kind of a a thing I do in the back of my mind. So um, I think even if you are doing it on the side as a side business, I knew someone who was working full time for a couple of years and she would right as soon as she got home for the rest of the night, you know, she'd be working on, on her real estate side of things. And she grew that and she eventually went full time. So you can do it as a a side hustle as well. That's right. So number six, remember you're Real estate is not just about being a salesperson. You're a matchmaker. I can't tell you how many clients I've gotten who were previously working with other realtors or just clients in general who've told me they they don't like being pushed. Yes, this is technically a sales job, but really your your job is to be the matchmaker for your client. I find typically, and I've been in sales for many, many years, not just in real estate for several years, but throughout my life and my career, I've been in sales. And what I found is that you're better off not pushing somebody, but helping them arrive to that conclusion where in their own mind, they've made up their mind about what they want to do. So you got to present the houses, present the data, present the facts. And that in and of itself is a great selling technique because then people feel comfortable knowing that they can conclude, hey, I like this house or, you know, this seems like a really good investment versus you being like walking into every house and saying like, isn't this a great house? Isn't this the one? Let's write up an offer. I've literally had clients tell me they just got so turned off by other realtors because they were so pushy. Don't be pushy. Just give good data, give the facts and help your clients see the benefit of the houses you're trying to show them rather than pushing every single house or sounding like a sleazy salesman. Yeah. And I think this is a big misconception and we'll probably get some pushback from people who are like, no, you are a salesman. Like that's a big part of real estate. But in reality, there's so many other aspects of it. Like Mark said, you're a matchmaker, you're a marketer, you're a counselor, you're, you know, you're, you're a confidant, you're a fiduciary, you're so many roles to these people. And a lot of times if they know you have your, their best interest at heart, that's the important thing because you don't get to that sales sales point really until very late in the process. And, 
And like Mark says, if you're really too pushy about these things, it doesn't work out. I think before it used to be a little bit more of that. And now it's much more of your kind of all these different rules to so many people. And so, um, so make sure you're, you're filling all those rules instead of just, you know, focusing on the sales side of it. Right on. So number seven, get help and build a team if you can. Don't be afraid if you work at a big brokerage or a small brokerage to work with other people and get to know other agents. A lot of people are afraid uh, to work with other agents because they think, well, you know, it's everyone for themselves. Um, This is very cutthroat. Uh, kind of game, but it's not. If you will help more people and and be uh, getting help from other people, you can find that you're going to be in a pretty good situation where more business comes your way. For example, I've had several people at my brokerage and even people outside of my brokerage just through referrals, you know, getting to know other people and offering to help show houses for another agent, maybe at your brokerage or someone else in need who's going out of town or needs a break or something like that. Um, you may be the one they call the next time they have a client in your area, uh, like I've had happen, um, and and they might be willing to send more referrals your way. I've gotten a lot of referrals through other folks and agents that I work with just because I've been willing to help, willing to go out of my way, make time to help others out. And if you can be that person, that go-to person for some other agents and get to network with other agents, uh, you're going to get yourself more business. You might even find yourself getting more referral business than uh, your own personal business. I really think it's important to branch out and try and get to know other realtors and help them out so they can help you out. And so we're almost to the end here. We're going to talk about number eight here. You need someone you can look up to and learn from. And for Mark, that's been, you know, people at some of his brokerages have been wonderful resources for learning from and really just kind of being mentored. And some of that have been partners, like some of his lending partners and people like that in the industries that are coming alongside. And in marketing, a lot of times for me, it's been, you know, looking at what's working for other people and whether that's in real estate or any other industry, you need to learn from what's working from what other people are doing. And so, um, you know, we're going to be working on some tools for you guys to learn from us. And uh, we'll have a little bit more information on that at the end of the podcast. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, But definitely learn from others and what's working for them. Right on. That was point number eight, by the way. And then point number nine, we're going to talk about surrounding yourself with like-minded people. You want to make sure that you are being a fountain, not a drain. I heard this really great saying last week. You want to be a positive person, make sure you're putting yourself around other like-minded, positive people who are go-getters. You don't want to work with other realtors who are just, um, you know, they're waking up every morning and just hoping someone's going to call their phone and bring them business. You've got to get out there. You've got to be a go-getter, a doer, and you've got to do it now. Take action, reach out to people, try and work your database, and surround yourself with like-minded people who are going to really go for it. And then number 10, never count your commissions before the check is in your hands. This is a really big one. Yes, (laughs) I agree. (laughs) We've come to experience this many painful times in our own lives. Well, me personally, um, I can't tell you how many times that there has been a client I've been working with and the deal has just fallen apart. I had one client who literally had been working with for a year. They had kept switching up houses. They were going for a new build and they just... We went under contract once and then they backed out and then they went under contract again and we were waiting for the house to be built for eight months and then they decided to back out the month before. Uh, it was just a long story and a lot of drama and long story short, we are still now once again looking for a house for them. A year later, after being under contract for a year, you just cannot count on a commission check before it's in your hands. Again, this goes back to one of our earlier points of not uh, of making sure that you are storing away uh, in the times of feast because there may come a time of famine. 
Uh, absolutely. So, and that, uh, like we talked about earlier, even your spend, your ad spend, whatever it is, you know, make sure that you're kind of planning for those. Um, and I, I almost said, amen. When you said you can't count those commission checks because we, we've oh, learned, man. I remember when Mark first started real estate, he would get a phone call from someone that was like, Hey, you know, I, I have this listing. I want you to come talk to me. And I was like, Oh my gosh, how exciting. And then we learned very quickly that that means nothing. So, you know, it's a good, you know, a good potentially long-term, but even if, you know, most, most transactions close. So most of the time, if you have something on a contract, it, it's going to close. But you, you, as you all know, it doesn't always happen. So sometimes it might happen. Sometimes it might be later on in the year versus when it was supposed to happen. So just make sure you really plan for that. And I think stay in the right mindset. A lot of times what, what's been hard as we went through this is being like, oh, you know, that really let me down. But you just have to say, I'm not counting it until it's, until it's in the bank. Until it's closed. It ain't going through until it's closing. Even after closing day, until that check is in your hand, let's just put it that way. Don't budget it. Don't count on it until it's actually in your hand. All right. We got a bonus tip for you. Remember that you are a marketer first before anything else. And again, this goes back to another earlier point about being a salesman. This is a sales job technically, but you are number one, first and foremost, a marketer. You got to put yourself out there, get other people to know who you are, build those relationships of trust and confidence, show people that you're a fiduciary. Make sure people are giving you reviews somewhere, some some business page of yours, so that people have a reference to know, oh man, Mark, this person's a really great agent and he's got the reviews to back it up. So whether that's on your Facebook page, your realtor.com page, your Zillow page, your Google, your Yelp, whatever it is, make sure that there is somewhere where people are actually giving you feedback so that it builds trust for future clients. And uh, so that was a little bonus tip before tip number 11, which was, uh, Mark was just throwing the bonus before that one. So, oh yeah, uh, you know me, I like he, to eat dessert before he, dinner. So he sorry likes about to that. jump ahead. But, uh, <laughs> so number 11, uh, the thing that we've really learned is real estate can, can be enjoyable. Um, even though it's pretty stressful. Um, you know, it's one of those things that I think we have to create that, like I said earlier, that right mindset, you have to enjoy it. And when it isn't enjoyable, analyze what's happening in your own psychology, what's happening with your clients, what ways can you change that and make them better? You know, for example, you know, you can work from home or you can choose your own hours, even though it is like any business, you still have a lot of hours you work and you're kind of always working, but you can model that. And if you have the ability to increase your production and be able to maybe not work with clients that are making your life miserable, uh, that's a way to change it and to make it more enjoyable and to, to mold it to the way that you want it to be. So make sure you're enjoying it. Make sure you're having fun and also just get with people who are going to be able to kind of sound off with you and other people who you'd be able to talk to that are in the industry, whether that's other partners or other agents that you can help to, to be a sounding board, to be that, uh, you know, psychologist for you sometimes, um, so that you're not really overwhelmed with it. Yeah. And let's be real guys. We understand that you just can't always, you don't always have a choice to fire a client. Maybe you're just money's tight. You're, you're needing to pay that rent that's coming up or, or your mortgage. And you just don't have a choice, but to work with that client. I totally get that. I've been there. Um, but you, you've got to make the most of this business. You, it is a business. The point of a business is to make your life a little easier. It's, it's not a job. Uh, I mean, although sometimes it is, but what you got to do is take advantage of the times when you can make your own schedule, because we know we're working morning till night. I've had people call me early in the morning and, and like close to midnight. So you got to make sure to take advantage whenever you can. I've talked to some other realtors, uh, friends of mine recently who told me 
the the only way they can make time for themselves is it just has to be spontaneous because you know people are going to call you every day when you least expect it. You just always have to be at the ready, but at least when you can, you can make your fe- your schedule flexible. And so you have to try and take advantage of that. Otherwise, you're just going to go crazy, always working. All right. So we hope you found these tips helpful. I know that we're still constantly learning the things that we would have would have oh, sure. wished we had had known it's because a it's a constant thing. I mean, it's like with every transaction in the world, you could be wor- you could be working for 10, 15 years in this business. There's still going to be stuff that new. comes up yep. that's new. And then you're like, hey, that's really good. I wish I had known this before. So we constantly are learning. I'm sure you're constantly learning. Hope that this was helpful into if you're getting started or if you've been in this for a few years to grow your business. And um, I think all these tips are really important because these are good lessons that we learn, um, but things that we can help each other learn and kind of improve on over time. And um, we mentioned earlier that, you know, that we really want to help people um, internalize these things. And as we said earlier, we have a lot of different kind of hooks on how this hooks into your marketing and what ways you can improve your marketing in your real estate business. So Mark, you want to chat about what we have coming up? Yes, this is the Lead Agent Academy. That's what we've got going on. We're going to go for trainings with you, share what we are talking about in this podcast, and give you some more hands-on experience. If you're interested in learning more about it, we want you to sign up for the waiting list. Uh, join the Lead Agent Academy by going to leadagentempire.com slash join, where you'll be able to sign up and get notified to become a founding member and truly get the help that we wish we had when we first started out with our real estate business and journey. Yeah, and so can you say that URL with the movie announcer voice because it makes it way cooler. All right, go to the Lead Agent Academy by going to www.leadagentempire.com slash join. Yeah, so I can't end it any better. (laughs) Thank you guys for joining us. Hope you enjoyed it and check us out for the next episode. Be sure you leave a review and tell all your friends, whether they're agents or other people who are working with you. We would love to have some of them listen as well. So thank you for joining us and we'll talk to you guys next time.